And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. You will rest in peace. Basketballs don't hold grudges. He got a bicycle. Welcome to the WrestleCube. This is episode two after we've had uh, a sort of mini episode since our last full episode. I keep saying the word episode. episode. Uh, uh, my name is Tom Mimner uh, and I'm here with Daniel Akinbola. Hello, what's up, mate? Uh, not much, not much. I've uh, been watching a lot of wrestling. Yeah, there has been a significant amount of wrestling it is, lately. It's been insane. Um, and so we're we're going to catch people up on this. Um, just as a little note, I suppose we're recording this um, on uh, a Wednesday, um, so we're going to be talking about the first episode of AEW uh, on TNT slash ITV. Um, but obviously, the second episode will air tonight. So by the time you listen to this, that might already have aired. But I mean, it's the first ever episode. We felt it was historic enough that it was worth you know talking about. So um, exactly, yeah. So it, it makes a lot of sense. And, and I wanted to, there's a lot to unpack. And I think uh, that first episode is really important. So, um, yeah. Um, yeah. How have you Historic. been? I've been, uh, I've been fantastic. Uh, there has been a lot of wrestling. I have uh, not watched all of it. In fact, I would say <laughs> I've not watched most of it. But I did watch the AEW, uh, the first episode of Dynamite. And I also watched some, uh, well, I watched all of SmackDown. To, uh, in a in a very abbreviated form, but I got I got I got the exactly I got the gist of it, and it turns out SmackDown is still SmackDown. In a sense, <laughs> you, you also sort of probably watched AEW in an abbreviated form. Oh, because uh, did you watch it on ITV Hub? Indeed, I did. I was surprised. I was like, "Wow, that that was snappy. Yeah, Great." There's some stuff cut out. Ah, uh, what kind of stuff? Uh, like two, ma- well, one match. Um, oh no, two matches. In fact, well, a match oh. at an angle, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Oh, because uh, well, we'll get to it then. Because I was going to say I was happy at the lack of 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 jibber jabber. I mean, it was in, a risk. It, I thought. Yeah. And that, that's that's fine. I'm not. I have no problem with that. It was. It was. I am it, happy. It was rapid. It was good. Um, an hour and a half is a good amount of wrestling. So. <laughs> The version we watched obviously didn't have the opening credits or anything like that. It went straight oh, into yes, the ring, yeah. which was kind of weird for me. It was a bit jarring. Yeah, it did seem weird, actually. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> now you mentioned it, I was like, yeah, there were no opening credits, were there? Um, so I've tracked down and since watched the opening credits, they've, they've got some generic rock on there. Uh, but yeah. Some quite nice visuals. There's uh, some, you know, um, paint explosions. Um, that was my weird. favorite. It's a bit like a Dulux advert. Um, oh, excellent. Wrestling. It's weird. <laughs> I'm not sure how I feel about it, if I'm honest. I think that Dulux should take a leaf out of AEW's book and not the other way around. I can't say the word Dulux without mentioning this briefly. A friend of ours who will not be named, but um, uh, whose initials are J- JG. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I think that's vague enough. It's fine. Um, yeah. Once, uh, once mentioned uh, that we passed a dog in the street, and he once mentioned that it was a. Uh, oh yeah, it looks like that Durex dog. <laughs> and yeah, just you know. To be honest, anyone listening to this, they know exactly who. They... <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you know exactly who we're talking about. <laughs> no, it's fine. We're reaching a much wider audience now. It's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah. <laughs> we've, had, we've had some views. 
Not loads, yeah. but some. Well, that's great. All right, wicked. A few. <laughs> hey, I'm looking forward to, you know, people telling me how much they hate me and my, uh, <laughs> and my terrible opinions on wrestling. But that's how you know you've made it. Exactly. You know you've I want... made it when people are complaining about you. Yeah. I mean, I'm not suggesting we're ever going to make it, but, you know. <laughs> we have made it. We already made it. Yeah, you know, it's fine, it's fine. Anyway, right, so with the lack of opening credits, we then move straight into Cody Rhodes and Sammy Guevara. What what did you make of that? You know what, I, I so I didn't know much about the Sammy Guevara fellow, um, and uh, I, I, I quite liked his style. He was uh, he was very good. Well, he did. He was a very good wrestler. Um, uh, actually, let me start with the, the whole Cody Rhodes. Like, I, I was quite a big fan of just how over he is with this crowd, oh, and God, it yeah. did make him look like a superstar. Um, and there's something really weird about Cody Rhodes. Like, and I think you mentioned it on the other podcast. Like, he's kind of like a doll, mm-hmm. or he's kind of like a he's kind of like a robot superstar wrestler. Like, something about him is so strange. But he looks like Max Headroom. He does, yeah, but he he does get he does kind of I, I don't know whether it's a fake it till you make it, but he does kind of have the big star quality about him, and there might have just been the way the crowd was 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 freaking out about him. But I really did enjoy this match, and, and the the Sammy Guevara really impressed me. There was some really interesting stuff that he did, mm-hmm. like the triple backflip combo thing that he did was really really impressive. Um, uh, also, another thing I didn't like, a, well, another thing about this match that uh, I just remembered was the kicking out of everybody's frigging, like, intense, insane match-ending moves continues unabated and continued unabated in this move as, in this match as well. So uh, I, I kind of hope we get less of that <laughs> moving yeah, forward. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's just such a such a cheap trope. But what did you think, man? I, I really enjoyed the match. Um, I agree with what you're saying about Cody as well. I actually... I've been not sold on him for a long time and this is actually probably aside from all in um uh, a couple of years ago or for last year or whenever it was uh where he had the nwa title match with nick aldis this is the first time i've looked at him and gone oh actually he looks like a star now he looks like a star for the first time i think i've ever seen him look like a star and it's yeah, he finally feels like he's grown into this sort of weird character that he's got. And yeah. I don't know, it, it felt a little bit more... It felt bigger for him. It just, he just seemed... He seemed at home suddenly. Something just Maybe it's the TV thing. Maybe because it's like the TV show makes it seem a bit more intimate or something. Or yeah, I don't know, what is it? Maybe it is that. I'm not really sure. It just... There's something... Something just sort of suddenly clicked there. When he walked down the ramp, when as soon as he came out, it just... It felt like a really big deal. And... His matches have been really good on the pay-per-views they've done. Like, don't get me wrong, the match with um, with Sean Spears uh, uh, all out uh, with his brother at uh, uh, Double or Nothing. Really, really big, like, made, you know... Really good matches, mass- yeah. Massively good matches. Really old-school style. Fantastic. And, you know, you can tell uh, Jim Ross particularly enjoyed them by the way he was, you know... Yeah. Having a mini-orgasm in the corner during those. <laughs> um, but, like... I still didn't wasn't quite sold on him, and just something about this match. I don't know. Maybe it's because it was the first match on the first episode of this big TV show, but something just clicked, and the massive ovation from the audience. They see him as a star. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe it's perception is you know nine tenths of reality. It's the thing where the fact yeah, that yeah. you know the crowd buy into him as a, as a, a star means that the audience at home buy into him as a star. I don't know. But something just seemed a little different here, and I, I really did buy into him for the first time ever as a you know proper star. However, his music is still awful. <laughs> oh, I can't even remember it. Yeah, yeah. I... 
Yeah. Yes, okay, now I, yeah, I can't, I actually hate his, his music, it's terrible. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like track three of Wrestle Jams 06. Oh, it's, so, it's like this generic, I think it's like Downstate or someone like that. Like it's, oh, yeah, it's somebody who yeah, probably I'm not 15 years ago would have been doing WWE uh, pay-per-view soundtracks, but never would have quite got us to the level of doing someone's actual music because they're terrible. Someone who I would have rocked a wallet chain to in my teens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, um, but, but worse. <laughs> if that even been oh. by Spine Shank, I would have been all over that. <laughs> or uh, or Mudvayne. Oh, God, Mudvayne. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought the match was really good. Um, I thought Sammy Gravara, this was almost like a sort of star-making performance for him as well. He seemed, yeah. you know... And I liked also that it wasn't it wasn't overproduced and really smooth. Oh. At points, it looked like they screwed stuff up, but they just moved on really fluidly, and that was fine. There was no need to call attention yeah, yeah. to it. And I think it really helped that the commentary didn't completely gloss over stuff. They just let it... They just moved on with it. I mean, we'll, we'll talk about the commentary more in a bit, but... Okay. Um, having Tony Schiavone commentating on this match made a really big difference for me. Yo, huge. I forgot how good he was. Like, when we were kids, we used to listen, we used to watch Nigel and make fun of him a lot because, yeah, I don't know, because we made fun of everything. Well, he was but like, in by then as well. Yeah, but as an adult, like, seeing, like, I mean, we've had the, the two, well, I've seen the two other shows before this, uh, when it was Jim Ross, mm-hmm. Excalibur, and the other fellow. Oh, um, Alex Marvez, who was terrible. Yeah, there is... Yeah, there is such a big difference of how smooth Tony Schiavone is and how, like, um, just professional and, and the way he makes everything flow. Uh, and kind of, I guess we'll get into this more, but it makes Jim Ross seem even more superfluous now. <laughs> but, I don't talk- know that you need Jim Ross in there. I think t- they should just give it to Tony Schiavone. I know. <laughs> it really, that's, that's coming out of this. That was what I felt. It was like, wow, just, just have Tony Schiavone and, like, just have. Screw it, just have Tony Schiavone in Excalibur and then have a revolving cast of like heel guest commentators come out and you're fine. You're away. Exactly. And hey, maybe maybe have Mike Tenay. <laughs> uh, Mike Tenay's got that uh, that TNA stink on him. Oh, yeah, true. Oh, also he's uh, got a very successful gambling podcast. Oh good. Oh That's well you know now. what? I'm happy for Mike. I'm he happy went to for Vegas Mike. And never left. I am very happy for Mike. So, only th- oh, so Sammy Guevara. One thing I don't. I'm not sure about his look. Is it the pants? I don't know. Yeah, it, I don't know something about him. I, I really like the. Maybe it was his hair. I don't like his hair. Well, I mean, I think this <laughs> is a very to... minor, minor. He's complaint. got dickhead hair, but I think you're supposed yeah. to. You're supposed. To, supposed it's to... deliberate. Like I think you're yeah, supposed to yeah. think he's a dick. Yeah, which is is fine because he's got flashy moves, but they're not flashy babyface moves. They're flashy dickhead moves. Um, no, yeah. So I, I'm kind of alright, but the panda thing, I don't understand. Yeah, neither do I. I don't know if I've missed but, something there, but it just it just seems a bit weird. The crowd seemed to know what was happening, so I'll, I'll go with them. I mean, if anything, it was a very good opener, and yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought uh, the post match with. Um, Yes, Tony Schiavone going to interview Cody, but then breaking character for a minute and just having a little hug was really touching. Actually, it was really nice. Yeah, that was cool. I like that. And for you... for people who watched WCW when it was actually on air, I mean, I know we were st- we were quite young, but still, it, it, that is quite a nice thing. Yeah, and yeah, there was something they said though that made me realize exactly. And you mentioned it before on one of the previous podcasts that 
they aren't they're not joking around where they're they're kind of saying that this is the successor to nitro there was kind of some really strong allusions to that this is what this is that's what this product is this is the this is the the the, you know the the baby of nitro and you know what it really did feel like that if yeah it really did feel like oh my god i feel like i'm watching nitro this is great (laughs) i think i think a lot of that comes from the fact that you have the same uh producer working on it as who worked on Nitro, yes. Keith Mitchell, which does make quite a big difference, I think, because the way it's shot is very different from WWE. Yeah. And it feels very different. Because and like, yeah. like for that reason, they use different camera shots, there's you know, think the replays are done differently and I, I, I want more uh uh show a replay and then do a slow mo of the entrance <laughs> while uh well of the winner while you uh shout about what's happening next. I want more of that. There isn't enough of that yes. going on. But you know what? That's fine. They'll get there, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. It takes time, man. These things take time. Yeah, it was a great, a great opener, um, and a really, really nice, uh, a nice moment after the match. Um, what did you think of the running, though? Yeah, well, this is the thing. It, it 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 was a good way to establish Chris Jericho as the top heel in the company, yeah. right from the off, and that's fine. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I have no issue with that. I I think he's the most recognisable name they have on their roster and as a result you want to get him front and centre as quickly as possible yeah yeah definitely like yeah it makes so much sense yeah people might tune out so it's like let's get the Jericho right at the beginning of the show before they leave you know just to let them know that hey stick around kind of thing yeah so I agree I think I might have been a bit negative on him previously uh you know um but I'm really growing into enjoying uh deluded rock star um, <laughs> middle-aged midlife crisis Chris Jericho much more than I thought I would <laughs> that's the thing that he's, he's really good at just figuring out ways of just reinventing his character based oh, on yeah. what's happening around him and he's done it again so it's yeah and he looks jacked uh, yeah, man. he I, looks I, more jacked than I've seen him in ages especially more so than since the I thought since the pay-per-views they did he's, he's, yeah. really, he's trimmed down a little bit and like he looks he looks in really good shape and uh the you know he's really pushing the whole uh, little bit of the bubbly thing you know <laughs> and which is fine it's fine you know I, do it man no problem with that they're capitalizing on something in a way that one criticism of WWE is always that they don't capitalize on things quickly enough so an example of that is Randy Orton's RKO out of nowhere out of nowhere yeah yeah right? and they really didn't capitalize on that in a way that they should have done and they could have made a huge thing out of that and they didn't. Whereas Jericho has already got t-shirts printed up that say a little bit of the bubbly on it with a picture of him. Like he's not messing around. He knows how to monetize himself. And oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, <laughs> I mean, so... there's something, no, sorry, man. There's something about him coming out and say, and calling himself Le Champion that I really enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. He seems like he's really enjoying himself and like, this is probably the most he's enjoyed himself in some time doing this stuff. So, um, yeah, really exciting stuff uh, at the moment. There's a certain irony as well, though, to the idea that um, Chris Jericho, who towards the like towards the end of his time in WCW, like was really badly used and like didn't really end up becoming the star that WCW had almost promised to make him into. And it's almost like we've just, you could always take out his, w, his WWE career and you just resume here. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really weird. Like it, It's almost like he's playing a much, much older version of the same character it he played really in WWE. So true. 
It's really yeah, yeah. good, and I love it. It's like that guy is back. He's more mature. There's less There's less uh, reading a, a list of moves, but still that same dickhead energy. But if you were if a, w, a WCW fan who stopped watching when they went out of business, and say you now just happen to tune in to... Say you live in the deep south of America and you, you don't want to hear that WWE nonsense, and you've just mm. tuned back in. That is a familiar face from when you were probably watching yeah. WCW at its height. And arguably... If you don't know anything that's happened in the, in the meantime, you could believe that that's the same character twenty yeah. odd years later, just happened, in, and he's finally in at the top of the company. And actually, yeah. that works quite well. I exactly. That's one of the things I was thinking about this show. I was thinking if you have not watched wrestling since Nitro, and then you uh, and you know, or you've watched the competition afterwards, and you're like, this is way too shiny, and Ooh, yeah. you know, this is this is exact this. Would, is the exact thing I would expect to, you know, rule you back in. This is like, after all of these years of us trying to figure out how to how to not replicate the Attitude Era or that kind of whole Monday Night Wars era and, like, failing and going too edgy and not edgy enough and stuff. It's like, finally, after all of these years of all these different indie promotions and the Japanese influence, we kind of figured out a way on how to make that stuff work in this period of time now with, you know, all the sensibilities we have now. So yeah, it's really super exciting time for wrestling yeah, to be honest at the moment. Definitely. Um, I mean, um, I suppose we'll move on a bit more further into the, yeah. we, um, we, um, didn't get on the ITV cut. We didn't get MJF versus someone called Brandon Cutler. It's a match they built up on being the elite. Um, from what I got, from what I gather, it was a, a squash really to get uh, MJF over. And there was a segment with the uh, with SoCal, uh, SoCal Uncensored and the Lucha Brothers, which again we didn't see, but I don't think we missed a huge amount. Oh no! I, oh, well, I uh, we saw the interview, but was there more after that? Oh, d- oh wait, did I just not see that on my? Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah, they they were standing on the uh, you know on the on the ramp, uh, kind of introducing themselves. So I guess if you'd never seen it before, oh, you were yeah, seeing no, sorry. Um, two groups. What I mean is, did we we didn't get the bit before that though, where they were doing oh. in front of the White House? Did we? No, I don't remember seeing that. See, I, think I just remember seeing yeah. them catchphrasing in each other's faces which i guess is a clever way of introducing the audience to these two characters showing their catchphrases um yeah, introducing that feud so it was you know it, and it was brief which i'm happy about <laughs> so yeah so, so moving on we got um then pack versus hangman page was obviously the the sort of probably the the biggest match on this show outside of the main event i think yeah that was a Good ass match, man. Yeah, I really no, enjoyed this. I, I like that they're building Pack as well. Like he's he's very much you know being presented as somebody who's going to be a big deal, and rightly so as well. Yeah, right. The finishing up with the uh, the the uh, the Black Arrow as he's now calling it, um, right into the the Brutalizer, which is a great submission. <laughs> um, the Rings of Saturn is um, is nice, and also really. Again, going back to the whole Nitro thing, if you were a Nitro viewer who hasn't watched anything since, you'll know that submission from when Saturn was was on Nitro. Like it's they're, they're, Do you know what's crazy? I think he's I think he kinda of channels a bit of Saturn as well, doesn't I, he, Pack? I can like, see that, yeah. There's a sort yeah. of that kind of almost like no nonsense and you know, as is his nickname, complete bastard. Yeah, yeah. He's like he just looks like this crazy jacked homeless guy <laughs> who can do mad backflips. <laughs> The funny thing like, is, yeah, is, is Perry Saturn did end up homeless. Um, yes. Oh. Addicted to meth. Perry, Perry Saturn is a, is a hero. Yeah, well, he that. is. He, he saved a woman from being raped, but got shot in the neck four times as a result. 
Yeah, you know, never do good things for people. <laughs> that's what <I'm> saying. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and they got addicted to meth and got a face tattoo and it was all a big thing. Um, yeah, it sounds but, like sounds like uh, my life. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's basically the same thing. Um, yeah, it's it's a shame actually because Perry Saturn is somebody who you don't really hear much about, and I always thought he was quite underrated. Yeah, and I, I never understood why no other teams, or maybe some teams did, but ever took the you know total elimination as their finisher, as their tag finisher. See, did any other teams that? do that? Yeah, like um, the undisputed era in NXT do it now. Okay. Kind of variation of it, and you see kind of variations, but it's never quite the same. It's never as horrible because they used to split people in two with that. So good. Oh god, yeah. Uh, with Cronus, who was clearly the weak link in that team. <laughs> oh, Cronus! Oh, yeah. The rings of Cronus. No. But yes, Hangman Page. I so I know he was in that um, uh, main event with Jericho um, a couple shows ago, yeah. but I didn't really rate him. I wasn't really a big fan, but this, I really saw his talents and, and oh, it's definitely. kind of interesting. Like, I don't, I don't know. These guys seem like it's like wrestlers have evolved or, or I don't know. It's just, they, these guys are so, they're so big, but they're so agile as well. Uh, so some of this, I didn't realize how agile hangman page actually was. And this was a great match. This was, um, yeah, really good match. I was really impressed by this. I think I think one of the things I really enjoy about Hangman Page is that he can do the kind of flippy kind of sort of style that I know is a certain there's a certain element of that which is required in this modern yeah. day. You know, when you see you know Dustin Rhodes doing you know sentons and stuff, you know that that it's part of, it's part and parcel of what is required. I get that. Yeah. However, I also quite like that he's got a bit of the Barry Windham about him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, is, is quite so exciting. many different ways. Yeah. Like, I, I like that there's a bit of that in there, and there's a bit of the Barry Windham. Apparently, this week he is going to be in a tag match with Dustin Rhodes, and Dustin oh, Rhodes okay. and Barry Windham were my favourite tag team when I was really, really young, and they were watching again weirdly watching WCW on ITV. Oh yeah, back in the day, it's geez. this weird. There's a weird sort of cyclical kind of thing going on, the synergy here that is very strange. But actually, it all does come together in a strange kind of way. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I, I really, I think he's, he wasn't, I'm really glad they didn't put the belt on him at the last pay-per-view. And I think he, he, he definitely will be a main eventer for them, but he's not ready right now. Yeah. But the, what they've done is, is they've given him, a, given him a, a spotlight in a high profile match and another high profile spotlight here. And even though he's losing, he looks good and they have time to build him. He's in that kind of upper mid card spot. Yeah, yeah. And there's no rush, you know? It's it's interesting because I wasn't a big fan of them putting the title on Jericho, but I understood why they did it. But now after watching this show and seeing the the way things are shaping up, I think it makes sense to now build people like Pack and Hangman Page up to that main event level. And when you someone finally does topple Jericho, it'll make more sense um given the T V show stuff. Okay. So uh, yeah, I think it seems like it's really if they if they can hit the landings with this stuff, it seems like it's shaping up to to be a really interesting heavyweight division as well. I don't know heavyweight, but you know, well titled yeah. um, picture. I mean, they don't have a mid card title, so I mean, it is essentially just the only title, they, the only male title they've got. But aside from the tag titles, but I mean, I like that. Uh, yeah, no, for now at least, certainly there's no there shouldn't be any rush to introduce a mid card title. I don't think they need it yet. Everybody yeah. should still just be vying for that for that main event title. Why not? Yeah, yeah, I quite like that. Yeah. Especially while they're still establishing themselves, because you haven't really established who is your main eventers and who aren't. You haven't really established. You know, there's, there's lots of time for that. You know, you can throw that in down the line. 
once they have it set up so you have a world title, a tag title, a women's title, and you can introduce a mid card title then a bit further along. There's no, there's no, yeah. no there's no, uh, no rush with that. Um, I quite liked as well that um, for Pack, he's still getting really strong reactions, even though he's a heel, but he's not playing to yeah. the He's really like, yeah, he'll go up to the top rope, and when he gets cheers, he comes back down. I love it. Yeah, yeah, he's he's like uh, he, that's one thing I did really quite enjoy that he was a fantastic heel, and it's so hard to be a great wrestler and a heel in this day and age, considering how you know everybody wants to go against the grain. But yeah, he was really able to keep up that fuck you energy the whole way through. And that's, that's yeah, I love that. That's the thing, like uh, the the beauty of having that finisher as well. Like, so you do the big flashy high flying kind of flying move, which is part of his arsenal, and I understand that. But that's very much a babyface finisher. So moving to, yeah. from that, but but doing it with your opponent fa- or face down. Yeah, face down him, as well. That's, that's good. Right? They're face down, but it allows him to move straight into that submission, which in itself is really clever and it's really well thought yeah. out. And it, it's it's a real like sort of psychologically minded heel move, which I yeah, think yeah, is great. Definitely. And it's it's a little thing. These matches are really well agented. I think you can see that there's obviously. They're going through the, the move by move and they are, they're calling stuff in the ring, but they are still going through it and trying to make finishes that make sense, that are a little bit creative. But nobody seems to be losing by losing, if that makes sense. Like, it's not... Yeah. Hangman Page doesn't lose anything in defeat here. And he lost... And, and that's how it should be. That's, that's, you know what I mean? Like, it shouldn't be that big a deal to lose to someone, like, or, you know, have to create loads of screwy finishes all the time. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I, I feel I'm like... we about Hell in a Cell in a minute. Yeah, okay. I have known nothing about what happened, so oh, yeah, man. looking forward to that. Yeah, something else. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, but yeah, it was a it was a really good match. Really, the finish was really strong, and I think again, as I say, nothing nothing lost for Hangman in in in, uh, in defeat. And again, same with everybody. People lose, and they're not losing anything in defeat because they're being booked strongly in defeat, which is like it's really refreshing after years of this fifty fifty booking and having to watch. Kofi Kingston and Dolph Ziggler fight each other trading losses <laughs> for 11 years. Um, constantly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Even, Until even the, the mouth the trouble. Still. Like, it is, like, it's really refreshing to see people win and lose and it not be a big problem. Yeah, it just is what it is. Like, oh, he lost. Yeah, but cool. And you can tell a story when someone loses. Okay, well, Hangman's lost two in a row, so the next one he's going to be really desperate to win, and maybe he'll do something different. Maybe he'll introduce a new move. Maybe he'll, you know, there's there's all these story storytelling possibilities that you can do, and it's just it's really refreshing that AEW have a blank canvas to work with, so they can turn around and go, okay, well, here's we can take this from here and this from here and this from here, and we don't have to do things the way other people do them. They're not. It's not like with TNA where it's it's a quick fix to try and compete with WWE. They're doing yeah, yeah. gradually, very slowly, building from the ground up, and it's it's great. Yeah, trying to fill their own lane. One thing I will say um, is they need to stop the kicking out finisher thing, and people just need to just lose. Just yeah. like not every ending of every match has to be super exciting. You know what I mean? Sometimes sometimes you hit the stunner and it's a one two three. You know, <laughs> some more squash matches. Squash yeah, matches yeah. would be nice actually. Um, yeah, that too. But yeah, um, we'll move on. Um, so we had uh, Riho versus uh, Nyla Rose for the uh, first ever AEW Women's Championship. Yes, um, indeed. It did. Pretty good match, I thought, for the most part. Yeah, yeah. I-, I love the opening treatment they did for this match. Made it seem really important. And I guess, is it more it's of a Japanese feel. thing? Yeah, yeah. Is that a Japanese thing where they kind of focus in on the characters in the 
or you know the wrestlers in the corner uh and you know they kind of have that like straight ahead angle uh while they're introducing them and then he did it for both of them and it felt like a real fight i, I thought it was great i think it's, it's i don't think it's i think there's a little bit of that in japanese wrestling but i think it's it's more just like an mma thing almost like i know or a yeah, yeah. Thing. like it's very much kind of it's it's almost a, a like a, a, a hasten to use the phrase real but a real fighting uh, yeah but that's the that's the thing I quite like because the thing is we all know, right? Like the the you know <laughs> the, the 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 pretense is gone completely. Oh yeah. But it's nice. It's nice to still have some an illusion to it because it doesn't you know it does help um, with the I guess verisimilitude. I think is the word of, of the whole thing. God, you know, it does help. Media studies, A level. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly where I'm pulling it from. <laughs> or, or, or it does take, or here's another one. It does make it more of a simulacrum of a real fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's another A-levels nice. media studies word. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. so I really do like that. And I do, I like the fact that the show, uh, including this entrance, is still straddling the line between professional wrestling and, and still trying to make it look like it's a real thing especially in the title fight which really helped big this up i mean like you know other companies including wwe have a history of doing things like this nxt especially will do the thing where they turn the lights down and they have the uh spotlights on the two um in for title matches on big takeover shows and stuff but like it's that's almost overdoing it to a point whereas yeah, this is yeah. just a very subtle small production choice really like it's yeah. not anything that is even visible to the audience in the crowd it's just for the viewer at home, it makes it feel like a a big fight feel, and and it's yeah, it's, it's a great little thing to do. And again, it feels very WCW. It's it one step yeah. away from having Michael Buffer in the ring. Yeah, exactly. I, I, like I don't know if anyone listening to this doesn't know already, but me personally, I'm a massive WCW fanboy. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> so I, I, I'm wearing my biases right on my sleeve. <laughs> I, I miss WCW massively, but because it was a big part of my childhood and. I, you know, I always, I love WWE as well, don't get me wrong. I, I don't know that I have a favourite of the two, but there is something... I liked the yeah. idea of having the contrast. I always enjoyed the two of them for different things. Yeah, and exactly. Having this, this available is very much that, but with a modern style. Having something different. Because it, it's almost like a palate cleanser. I remember yeah. it used to be on a Friday night that when we were kids. You had a, you would Nitro follow... Well, you could Nitro and Raw were on the same time, but if you stayed up and watched Nitro and then also Thunder... You could watch Raw afterwards on a replay. And yeah, after that yeah, exactly. WCW, you needed something different. That's great. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You need, especially after Thunder, you're like, I really need a palate cleanser now. <laughs> Thunder was just depressing. Good lord. Um, yeah. oh, wow. But the match itself, Riho and Nyla Rose, um, I thought um, that it was a good match, and I liked the story that they were building because it's really the only story you can build. Oh yeah. But David versus Goliath. It's very nice. Yeah, exactly. But I did have to suspend my disbelief somewhat because there is no way <laughs> in a million years that Rio could ever beat Nyla Rose. And there were things that they were doing that didn't really sell, like the impacts, you know, they didn't, they didn't really make much of a noise. Like, you know, the usual, like, thing that you do when, well, not that I do, that professional wrestlers do, like when you go in for the flying knee, you slap the leg. Okay, um, we, we had a little technical issue there. Um, so... Um, I, I will have edited this together, so it probably won't be entirely seamless. But we were in the middle of talking about the uh, Riho Nyla Rose match. Yeah. So Daniel, if you want to carry on where you were there, sorry. 
Yeah, no, just say there was little things that, you know, the impacts of the knees didn't sound that great. And that was a big part of Rio's offense. And Nyla Rose, when she was doing her big moves, some of, the, some of them were fantastic. Like the backbreaker she did on the outside literally looked like she turned Rio into goo. But like, that was great. You know, that looked fantastic. Yeah, it was so good. But uh, the match itself was good. There was just like maybe just a few things that just didn't sell it as well as it could have done. Um, uh, and it was a bit of a shame that they failed the uh, back body drop spot. But mm-hmm. I mean, and then Nyla Rose almost killed Riho's uh, manager. I can't remember what his name oh, was uh, as well. Michael Nakazawa. Yeah, I was like, ooh, was smart move for her to though, put it down and go again. That was something that I really enjoyed on this show. Again, I know we go back to Tony Schiavone, but... Um, when uh, and Jim Ross, when she fucked up the um, the power bomb on him first time and then picked him back up to go for it a second time, um, Jim Ross was like, "Yep, she readjusted. She picked him up and quick as a flash." Tony Schiavone was in there. Yeah, it was a double clutch Liger bomb. Yeah, yeah, so yes, like, I... it's fine. Yeah, that's, exactly. That's Save this. <laughs> But that's the, that. Like I've heard Jim Ross speak about that on podcasts. About that's one of the 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 secret arts of being a, a wrestling commentator is being able to weave the the mistakes into the story and be like, oh, he hurt his leg. That's why he didn't get purchase on it and that stuff. You know, it was really good. Yeah, I didn't I actually notice that. Years, Tony Schiavone and Jim Ross, especially in fact, Tony Schiavone especially when um, in the early nineties watching WCW pay per views. He would. He, I had the VHS tapes and we're still watching them well into my mid twenties. As you should. But I remember if you go back and watch those shows, they're all on the network. They're all there. You can see quite often those two, especially, will often go. Oh, when somebody like missed a move off the top rope, it'd be like, well, he didn't get all of it. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say why, he didn't get all of it. Yeah, he, he, he's going to try again because he didn't get all of it this time. But is he going to the well for a second time? Is he risking it all? Like you know and you can cover from mistakes then and they become part of the story rather than let's just ignore that and move on. It's yeah, it, it, it's, it's a really clever thing and a really important thing that the sort of sanitized WWE product doesn't always, it's so overproduced that they, that they yeah. becomes a big thing then when actually it's by true. weaving it into the story, you, you kind of, you know, you make something of it. You, uh, here's another thing actually I just remembered. Um, Dr. Britt, is a vacuum of charisma. <laughs> yeah. Listen, commentary's oh, no, hard. Commentary's hard yeah. for anybody. And if she wasn't, if she wasn't the right person to be in that role, don't give her so much to do on commentary. It's not true. Like, I felt really sorry for her because it clearly wasn't her strong suit and they put her in a really awkward position there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not well, maybe, she, maybe she's not a vacuum of charisma, but she has a radio voice. She doesn't have oh, a TV yeah. voice. She's, she's very good in the ring though. Is the thing like and yeah. she's actually not too bad on promos. It's just commentaries. It's very reactive, and because it's yeah, so yeah. reactive, I'm not sure you should put somebody in that situation when they're clearly not ready for it. And it's not really her fault. She did what she could, but she shouldn't have been in that position whatsoever. It was a bad idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She didn't add much, but no. great um, wrestler. The the post match with uh with Kenny Omega also is it was quite nice. It teases uh potentially intergender wrestling, which you know yep, is yep. quite a big thing in in on the indie scene, and you know it's something that mixed tags can be done. And yeah, like it, I, I think that was quite nice. Unfortunately, I think it meant that Kenny Omega got no pop whatsoever when he came out for his entrance for the main event because it was immediately oh awesome. yeah yeah. But you know that's that's a production kind of planning to have you know your your main event star run out just before his match and then come out again 
it, it, you know, it's their first show on TV. That's really forgivable. It, you know, it's fine. I, I don't didn't really have a yeah. huge problem with it. Um, no, no, neither did I. So yeah, so we move on to the main event, uh, the six man tag with uh, Chris Jericho and the former LAX Santana and Ortiz versus mm. the Elite. Uh, what did you think? I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fun uh, tag match. Um, there were some really cool spots. Um, you know, uh, the was it the there was a DDT through a table, I think, which oh, were yeah. am I, am I remember that correctly? Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. But I thought I thought it was a really cool match. Um, um, I was really happy with the uh, with the quality of the wrestling in this match and just throughout the show. Um, uh, yeah, but I have more thoughts about the general show uh, uh, quality after this thought anyway, but I'd rather hear what you had to think about this tag match. Overall, like the match was very good. However, if John Moxley comes in and attacks Kenny Omega right in front of the referee, why is that not a disqualification? That is a point. That is a good point, and thank you for reminding me. I did think <laughs> for a second, but I thought, uh, whatever. <laughs> no. I was thinking... This doesn't make sense, but I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Look, look, if you're gonna if you're gonna imitate WCW, there has to be some nonsensical decisions in there just to make it feel authentic, I guess. I did think as well, again, they're making so it's funny because there was a whole lunatic fringe thing in WWE which they just couldn't really pull off. No. But it's well, really working. Yeah, but it's his. Oh, he's crazy. He's crazy. It's working for for um. And I I was never a big Dean Ambrose fan at all either. But I'm 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 intrigued about what John Moxley is going to do. So that really they they're really selling him um to me. So I'm quite I'm quite happy about that as well. Uh, and the the run in stuff at the end I thought was really really good, especially um with Jack Jack Swagger. Yeah, I know. I never thought I'd be excited about Jack Swagger, but actually he looked really good and. We were talking about really good. We were talking about this last time about how they don't have that many big guys, and he towers over absolutely everyone else, including Jericho, which is hilarious. Uh, Because Jericho obviously, you know, has been wearing lifts in his boots for years, um, and he still towers over him. Um, (laughs) I, I just like they needed, even if this sort of faction that they're developing with you know what from out of that segment appears to be Sammy Guevara, Jericho, LAX and um Jake Hager, Jack Swagger. Um mm. like having him as the muscle is great because he's one of the few guys on that, that roster who like is legitimately what, six five, like he is fucking muscle. huge. Yeah. But the thing is, by WWE standards, he didn't look that huge in WWE. He looked big, but not massive. He looked just normal main eventer size. Here, because everyone is that little bit smaller, he looks like a fucking giant. He looks like a giant, and he came in with such energy. Okay. You could see, like, the adrenaline was co- coursing through his veins. And then, you know, he just smashes everyone. And then it's, like, he gives this look to the camera, which is, like, it's kind of crazy because you never saw that kind of, like, intensity or energy from him when he was in WWE. No, Obviously, because he never had a chance. But it was like, wow, that look he gets to the camera was, like, chilling. And I was like, wow, I'm really excited to see freaking Jack Swagger. I know, <laughs> I know. Like, it's, it's... What's happened? Well, I like that, you know, that, that end sequence felt like they were, like, it was almost like a little mini kind of NWO kind of Yeah, it really was. And, like, <laughs> I'm okay with that. Oh, I was expecting, I was expecting spray paint. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Do you know what? I did think that. I suddenly thought, "Hang on, wait, wait, what? 
Oh no. Are they gonna get Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> silver, silver, Stop. hollow baseball bats. Start too sweeting everywhere. <laughs> but again, like, you know what? It was a little bit of a throwback and if this week first week was designed to bring in new new uh, new eyes to something especially because there is a massive amount of lapsed fans out there and maybe a lot of lapsed WCW fans if that's what you were going for that's a home run yeah i am if i am the target audience then they got me like <laughs> you know sure. if yeah. lapsed WCW Nitro old school fans like you know fairly casual fans these days who are kind of tired with the kind of bubblegum nature of the the WWE, uh, you know, then then you got me. And, and and the thing is, right, I was thinking about this. It's like, it's not really a knock on the WWE's bubblegummy kind of product because it's always been that. It's just, I'm 33 years old now. And <laughs> it just doesn't appeal to me as much I'm, I'm as it used to. It's a combination of nostalgia, but also something that is not does not make me feel like I'm, I'm watching something I shouldn't be. <laughs> Exactly, because I guess we'll, we'll go on to talk about SmackDown in a bit, but watching that, I was like, this is too shiny. This is just too yeah. shiny. It's the overproduction, I think, that that does often hamper WWE for me. It's almost, it's it's like, and you know what? They are what they are. Like, they're, this, they're the Disney of wrestling. Like, it's fine. Exactly. And yeah. that's that's fine. But sometimes, you know, you want to you want to watch something that's got a little bit, that's still like a big budget production, but maybe has a bit more edge to it. Yeah, exactly. Um, What what did you think about the quality of the wrestling? And and do you think they'll be able to... Do you think it was too much quality? Do you think they'll be able to keep this up on every show? Like, Or have we just become so used to getting no wrestling on any of the the major shows, mainly being WWE, that I'm not used to the fact that I can watch good wrestling every week? See, the problem is not wrestling i don't think because actually quality of the in-ring stuff in wwe has never been higher i think that's not the problem it's the problem with the booking it's booked in such a way uh. that there's no reason for you to care about and be invested in the this top quality wrestling because actually wins and losses don't matter mm, there are there is no reason for you to actually care who wins or loses and you know that you're going to see the same match four or five times without a conclusive winner yeah and each match kind of just there's no stakes to anything no. it's just kind of stuff happening yeah, it's so fragment. yeah that's what it is that's what i was worried about with this show i'm like okay you'll get, there's a lot of cool wrestling here can you keep this up you know four times a month and plus you know a pay-per-view like that's a lot that's a lot to ask doing, but it's... only do pay-per-views four times a year Oh, that, okay, then That's, that makes more sense. Which is great. It means they can do this That's every really week. Good. They're not doing... I think they're going to do house shows eventually, but, like, for now, it's just one show a week. Everybody's under contract. They can do certain other outside projects, but they're all, you know... It, it's it's a reduced schedule. There's going to be a lot of guys in that WWE locker room who are going to look at this show and go, there's a lot of money I want some of that. And it's a reduced yeah. schedule. I can spend more time at home. It's still national television. Like, and I can do the thing I really care about, which is wrestling. Yeah. And I, I wonder how much their promos and all of that stuff are produced, because you know a lot of these guys in the WWE are really talented, really funny, but, you know, have everything written for them. I can imagine the challenge of being able to do wrestling the way they thought they were going to do it when they got into the business is going to be alluring for people, because after a while, money 
money can only motivate you so much. So it, it could be interesting to see who else is going to jump ship, or or do they have massive no compete com, uh, compete contract clauses They'll in their contracts some, at the moment? But it won't be. It depends on whether they've signed new contracts since yeah. AEW has been in existence or not. Because they previously they would have been ninety days, which is not a lot, really. Ah, uh, no, it's not a lot at all. And you know. It's one of those things. It'd be very interesting to see. There are probably guys in that locker room who are sitting there thinking, when my contract comes up, not only is there a bidding war for my services, but also I could go to AEW, spend a couple of years there, try something new, and either my stock will, my, you know, my stock will be raised and I'll come back to even more money to WWE if I want to, or I'm going to have better job satisfaction for the same kind of money. Like it's yeah, they needed this has been necessary for a while for there to be an alternative a place for yes. guys to go and work so that there isn't a monopoly in America and, you know, pretty much everywhere except Japan. Like, this has been necessary exactly. for such a long time. And, like, it will make W... In the, maybe not short term, but once WWE get over the kind of arrogance of this, of the, you know, oh, well, these are just guys and whatever, and I think that is very much a Vince McMahonism rather than a Triple Hism. I think yeah, yeah. you will see <laughs> that WWE's product will improve over time. Exactly, and that's what I, that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to because then it will just be good TV all round. Like, yeah. It, it know, won't matter. I'll, I'll be day, able to watch both shows. I, I keep keep saying this, but the the real winners in all of this are the fans. Exactly, and, that, and it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. And I'm just very happy to see Tony Schiavone back on television. Yes, now we just need Larry Zabisco. <laughs> 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 nobody, nobody wants to be on Zabisco duty. <laughs> oh man, man! Uh, it's 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 yeah. It, I, I think overall the production was very good, um, and I think everything about it it was just very enjoyable. And and yeah, I, I certainly um, yeah, I I I definitely enjoyed this uh, way more than I expected to. Um, and despite being feeling like I've been a bit conditioned by WWE to kind of you know that they're the, the real thing this this felt like a, a big deal and it felt like a, yeah. a you know a, a genuine competitor and they they really over did some man. of the production snafus and stuff that was on the that were on the pay-per-views and it felt slick it was scary how much like and i think it was that cody entrance as well that just kind of highlighted that wow this is a real show oh, yeah, <laughs> this, yeah. Is, not this is for real this isn't a joke <laughs> No, which is is really cool. Like, and it, it, it's exactly what it should be. Yeah, and yeah. No, it was it was it was very enjoyable. Um, I've I've uh, I've we'll probably leave AEW mostly there. Um, although I will say I watched another AEW show this week. Oh. Uh, because it turns out they recorded um, uh, an extra four matches, uh, and then we're doing this every week. Uh, I'm releasing a uh, a one hour show on YouTube every week. Oh wow! The matches that you did be on air called AEW Dark, so it has those four matches and a bit of sort of brief recap of the main thing. That is awesome. Um, hosted by Tony Schiavone. I am actually going to subscribe right now. <laughs> you know what? I watched it today. It was a really easy hour-long watch. Uh, it was four pretty decent matches. It was um, uh, Darby Allen versus uh, Shima. Uh, there was an uh, four uh, an eight-man tag match with. Um, uh, Jack Evans and Angelico and the Lucha Brothers versus Private Party and uh, I want to say Jurassic Express. No, 
I can't remember, to be honest. I watched a lot of wrestling today. Uh, but yeah. it, was, it was very good. All the matches were very good. Um, there was a women's tag match that was very good. It was just, it flew by and it was, you know, kind of, it, it felt like what, what I used to be watching, like a Saturday morning wrestling highlight show. Was yeah, like, yeah. It was like watching Livewire. Oh, yeah. Was, oh, was, man, I love me some Livewire, some shotgun. It was, it was cool. <laughs> I, I enjoyed it and it, it was nice. Um so yeah, um, AEW's product is is great at the moment, and I know we're only a week in, but they certainly made a really strong uh, first impression. Um, I, I watched NXT, which went up against it for that first week. Um, I won't go into that too much because there are podcasts you can listen to that that will tell you will go into more detail about all the stuff. But um, uh, NXT actually put on a really good show as well, which is what's getting lost. In oh, I'm sure it? they, I'm sure they would have. Yeah. Oh, you're crackling. Oh, sorry. Can you hear me? Uh, no, you are crackling. Oh, I'm doing the robot thing again. Yep. What's what's happening? How about now? Am I a robot? You're you're a little bit echoey, but but you're you're less crackly. I'm less crackly. Oh, yeah, oh, that's man. better. That's better. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sorry, yeah. sorry, folks. Um. Yeah. Um. So before we talk about SmackDown, which I guess was the other big thing this week, um, I just wanted to quickly talk about uh, the NWA. Oh yeah, I'm excited to hear about um, this. So the National Wrestling Alliance, headed up by Billy Corgan of Smashing Pumpkins, which. <laughs> What is 2019? What is happening? <laughs> um, uh, had their uh, first show, which is also available on YouTube. It's an hour-long studio wrestling show. So it's a sort of a throwback to the old kind of Memphis style uh, or Georgia Championship Wrestling kind of uh, old-school NWA shows. And you know what? It was really refreshing as something completely different. Oh, is it power with like yes. 18 hours? <laughs> it's three hours. Three hours. <laughs> so it's power... I, I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to watch that after this. Um, but it's like a Jim Cornette and some guy who I don't know, Jimmy something or other, uh, on commentary. Um, uh, Jim Cornette actually surprisingly reined in and quite uh, not crazy, which was uh, really refreshing. <laughs> um, but it's it's a really simple formula. You have like a, a promo followed by a ma- a promo to start the show from the, one of the main eventers, uh, and then pretty much a match. Squash match promo, squash match promo, and you know what? It, it works. It's a really easy hour of wrestling, and it, it's a real throwback. I don't know how much longevity there is in it, but the main event with um, Nick Aldis and uh, Tim Storm for the um, uh, for the NWA World Heavyweight Title was was very good, um, and like it just it felt like a, a just a really entertaining hour of studio wrestling. I feel like what NXT was uh, about two or three years ago when it was oh, when... a small thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just felt really self-contained, and just it's just quite nice as a, a some an alternative. I'm just having to look at it now, and immediately I feel like I'm seven years old. Mm. <laughs> it was, it's very I, much. It's a real throwback, but in in the best possible way. That's awesome. This is man. We're in a we're in a really interesting period when it comes to wrestling uh, out so here. Much. I'm so excited. There's so much. I don't know how I'm going to watch it all, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have to not try and watch it all. Like, it's basically, yeah, just, essentially, yeah. Unless I want to get divorced, I think that's probably a good plan. Or maybe yeah. skip a few things. Uh, I mean, hey, there are hour-long toilet breaks you can take, or <laughs> yeah, I'll just you know, we'll just uh, I'll, I'll work it out. It's fine. Yeah, lunch uh, breaks. There you go. Yeah, pretty that... much. Pretty much. Uh, it's not like everyone in my office doesn't already know that I love wrestling because I don't exactly keep it quiet. Um, <laughs> But yeah, um, I just I, I, for anyone listening to this, I, I, we're only one week in, but um, I would very much recommend uh, catching NWA Power. Uh, um, uh, and yeah, just a really, really easy watch and uh, something that 
felt really different from anything else that's currently available. And, and that's that's the name of the game now, surely. With AEW and WWE doing what they do, if you're any, anything, anybody else, you need to be presenting something completely different. And, yeah, yeah. You know, New Japan managed to compete, do something completely different. Um, the likes of Ring of Honor and Impact Wrestling are going to struggle because they're always going to be seen as doing the same thing as someone else. Yeah. So Corgan's turned around and gone, right, we'll do something completely different. And it, it really does work. Yeah, and and it's it's financially sustainable. It's yeah, an interesting no, thing. So. It's a very simple setup, and they can tape many hours of wrestling at the same time, and it's in front of a crowd who actually got really into it as well, which is is great. So, yeah, yeah, and as long as the wrestling's good as well, like oh, yeah. it's the kind of thing you know an older generation can get into as well. So there's a market for it. There's definitely yeah a for sure. For so I mean, yeah, and it's very cost effective. Whether it ends up on actual TV or they continue running at a loss and putting it on youtube I, I don't know how long that means it will last for but certainly while it's there go out of your way and see it go enjoy yeah, it. yeah sure. so from nwa in a very small tv studio to the polar opposite end of the spectrum we had smackdown this week uh, oh indeed Fox. you did it um, we won't spend too long on it because god knows there, there are enough uh, wrestling podcast who will have analyzed it in great detail but um just like some of which you need a subscription to listen to them hey <laughs> yeah <laughs> we are free because as earlier mentioned we haven't made it yet <laughs> we are free until we don't have to be yeah. <laughs> if enough of you listen we might charge yeah <laughs> no no, no don't, don't take that seriously we're not gonna no no it's it. a lie yeah unless, it's a unless lie. you want to throw us some money but, you know. unless you anyway. want us to charge you yeah. <laughs> Um, so um, we'll just run through quickly uh, the kind of the or won't talk about everything but there was a few yeah. um, sort of big talking points coming out of it um, so Brock Lesnar is now the WWE champion after yes. destroying Kofi Kingston in nine oh years. my god he gave him nothing and I loved it <laughs> I, I, you know what a lot of people were upset about that but I, I also like and yeah Kofi Kingston probably deserved a bit better he deserved more but but <laughs> But it was hilarious. If you were going for like, bear in mind, Fox is a genuine sports network, right? Yeah. This isn't like an entertainment network that also has sports on it. It is that's one. It's a sports channel. Yeah, right? it is. What is more kind of going to appeal to your genuine sports fans than a quick like? What gets headlines for MMA? It's when somebody knocks somebody out in thirty seconds. Really, thirty friggin' seconds. Right. And yeah, that's what that was. Good. It was a it was a quick win, like you know, a quick like whoa shit like moment, and that's that's what they were going for. I think. I love it to be honest when Brock Lesnar does that to people. I, I love it. I love it. Because it's just like, you know what? That's I think that's a fantastic match. It's great. He literally just turned him into nothingness just immediately and and yeah, sometimes you need to do that. Sometimes you need a a squash. It's it's also a reminder of what can happen. Like Yeah. You know, and and like I think that's important. I think it's sometimes and it's unfortunate for Kofi Kingston because he's a, he's been a decent champion and he's arguably created one of the single most emotional WrestleMania moments ever. I, I, I genuinely think that. Um, it was, you know, I was sitting in my living room nearly crying when he won the title because it was, they really sucked you into the emotions of that story. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, it's a new era, it's Fox, they needed something big and having Lesnar squash him in nine seconds and then be confronted by Cain Velasquez. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing I think is sad for Kofi is that he immediately 
Like, not only did he lose in nine seconds, finally thinking, okay, he lost in nine seconds, maybe they have a rematch. But then Cain Velasquez comes out, you know, one of the guys that has actually beaten Brock Lesnar in a real fight. Yeah. And immediately Kofi is just completely like, you are, you, this isn't even your league, my friend, anymore. The only person that can challenge him is Kane Velasquez. And I guess it's a smart way of putting him over immediately. It's like, this is what I did to Kofi. In, in a couple of seconds, bam, he's the guy that beat me. And then the look of fear on Brock Lesnar's face, you know, it was great. So who knows what Cain Velasquez can do in the ring? Maybe it's just a thing where, you know, just go for kind of a brawl or kind of, you know. Sort of mock shoot fight, I suspect. Yeah, don't give us anything too technical. As long as, I don't know what kind of training he's had, but hopefully uh, they can. He's done some matches for AAA. Oh, okay. Um, cool. Which, yeah, like, and he like, was doing like hurricane runners and shit. <laughs> oh goddamn! Well, I'm I'm excited for what what they can do. I really hope that whatever they do do in the end turns out to be a really good match. But um, I think this makes sense, and and it's also great to have legitimate like competition for Brock. Like, it's not oh, can you beat the can you beat the the giant? Can you David not? No, this is it's a big you story. Now you are the the David. You know. Yeah, <laughs> It's a great story to be able to tell. They've got an inbuilt history. And for the people who used to watch, it's interesting, you see, because obviously Velasquez was a, a part of the UFC well, for most of their run while they were on FS1. They're not anymore. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting timing, the fact that he appears on that first Fox show where he's been on Fox a lot during his career, during his peak years. So the, the audience will have been familiar with him if they were tuning in for the first time. Oh, yeah. Which, you know, obviously is is a pretty big deal. And, yeah, I mean, I have to say, I think a bit of a home run, that one. Yeah, yeah, that was great. great. feel sorry for Kofi Kingston, but... Yeah, he got buried so hard. It sucked to be him, (laughs) but, man, I will say... Now we're moving on. (laughs) I I wish I could take credit for this, but I have seen this posted elsewhere on the internet, and whoever originally thought of this, it's a very good point. It might have been the guys on post wrestling i'm not sure but the fact that they they missed the chance to shout that's got to be kane when he came out uh is is, is a really disappointing thing after i didn't even think yeah. of it i didn't even think of it that that would have been amazing um i'm surprised with it being Corey graves as well i'm so surprised that we didn't get that but yeah um it, 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 a really fantastic main event segment uh overall even if it did suck to be kofi kingston but yeah, such, such is life um <laughs> Yeah, it sucks, but because he does, he does deserve better. But hopefully, hopefully he gets something back somewhere down the line. Because yeah. I think I'm just a bad person, but because he deserves better, and that's all he got, I find it even funnier. <laughs> yeah, there is a bit of that, isn't there? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, obviously we had the, uh, the the segment with the Rock, Becky Lynch, and Baron Corbin, yeah. which was was what it was. It was the Rock I on SmackDown. It's fine. The thing is, right, I understand, like, he's The Rock, uh, and and it is necessary, the show is called SmackDown, etc, etc, and I love The Rock in in everything that he does, but I find this stuff boring and lame, and I don't want to see it anymore, but I understand it has to happen, and loads of people love it, but him reading, him going through the hits, and now he's like a Disney character, and, you know, he, he has to be so PC. It's just not as funny anymore. He sounds like the rock after The Rock found Jesus, and it's just not as cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's like oh, yeah. The title yeah, you know. this week's uh, episode is definitely The Rock Finds Jesus. It's like, finally, The Rock has come back to the bosom of Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's just so, it's just so, like, sanitized and lame. Now. But, um, yeah. I guess, yeah, uh, 
Becky and Charlotte versus Sasha and Bailey was fine. Uh, nothing really to write home about. It was a match. Yep. Um, I guess rather than go through absolutely everything, I suppose the other two kind of big talking points coming out of this were um, Shane McMahon being written off TV in a, a quite short ladder match. Yeah. Yep. Yep. 13 minutes, which is quite short. Pay-per-view-y though. They really did go for the big spots, kind yeah. of big spots and stuff. So it was a pay-per-view caliber match, I guess. I'm hoping that writing him off TV with the firing means that we're not going to get loads of authority figures on this show and they're going to go for more of a sports style thing and have raw more so. of the kind of wacky shit and have like, yeah. more of a sports thing going on on SmackDown, which is a really good idea if that's what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Which having Velasquez on there as well suggests that maybe that is what they're going for. Still a decent amount of jibber jabber though on this yeah, fucking Yeah, yeah, but I mean they again it's part of the overproduced nature of WWE these days. You have to kind of expect a bit of that. Um speaking of of, of, of jabs jabbers and jabbing <laughs> uh, uh, Tyson Fury. Yeah the Gypsy King. <laughs> uh, I thought that was quite a good segue myself. Uh, yeah, it was actually pretty good. So. Um, yeah, Jump uh, the eight man. Thank you. Uh, the eight man tag match was really just a setup for this thing with Tyson Fury and Braun Strowman, uh, which I presume is being set up for Saudi Arabia in a few weeks. Um, yep. Much like uh, I assume Lesnar and Velasquez is for Saudi Arabia. Oh, you think so? Oh, I, wow. I'd be certain. Yeah, almost certain. Jeez, Louise. Uh, yeah, those, those those shows, eh? Yeah. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, hey, it's whatever, it's whatever the kingdom of Saudi Arabia decides they want to book on these hey. shows. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's seriously that's what's happening. I don't. I don't, I don't want to talk shit about the prince because I don't want to like go into the Turkish embassy and turn into goo. No, uh, no, no, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> so I love you, prince. <laughs> if you, if oh, you're listening, <laughs> I'm not saying I love the prince of Saudi Arabia. Uh, I'm just going to say that I don't have any strong feelings about him. Yeah, you know what? I'll take that. I'll take that too. Yeah, Mr. Uh, Prince. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, overall, um, a, a, a fairly eventful SmackDown and a, like a decent show. The set was really good. I thought going back to a sort of scaled back commentary team was nice as well. Like it felt a bit more kind of Cole and, Cole and Graves are quite a good duo. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the set looked really good. I thought the set did look really good. It did. Um... It just still remains SmackDown. Yeah. It didn't seem any different from any other SmackDown I've seen. It was very shiny. Uh, it was the the usual kind of oh, we're having a big show or like I guess like a Raw, you know, when they have the Raw three hundred or whatever those yeah. kind of things. It seemed like one of those, and it just seemed like more of the same to be honest. So, which is fine, you know. Hey, you like SmackDown? Here's some SmackDown. Yeah, it was it was a decent show and a good start compared to you know, it's better than Raw. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. And it's also not three hours. So you know, Yeah, yeah, that's that is amazing. <laughs> um before we uh, we should probably talk about Helen Cell. I know you've not yeah, seen it. Yeah, I haven't um, seen it, so I'm really wanna hear what you have to say. Uh, so like they booked themselves into a corner by having the fiend Bray Wyatt versus uh Seth Rollins in a mat in a Helen Cell match in which they obviously couldn't have they didn't want to take the title off Rollins and they can't beat Wyatt because he's got momentum uh. and so it was always going to be a bit some sort of screwy finish, but what they did was really weird. Yeah, I want to hear it. So I love weird. The whole match took place under red lights. Nice. Um, <laughs> That's dumb. Yeah. Um, Rollins hit like 14 curb stomps on Wyatt and he kept getting up. 
Okay. Um, Trying to sound like he's a monster, I guess. At one point, Makes he pulled sense. out a cartoon star mallet. <laughs> oh, God. Um, which is kind of in keeping with the Wyatt character with what they've been doing with the Firefly Funhouse stuff. I, I get that. Did um, the crowd like it? No. Okay. Uh, the crowd were especially unhappy when uh, the finish came with Rollins piling up a ladder, a load of chairs, and various uh, plunder uh, on top of uh, a prone... Um, fiend uh, and having the referee then to go into some weird melodrama with Rollins of like you don't want to do this it's not who you are oh god yeah oh, and then Rollins used a toolbox to hit a sledgehammer to hit the all the stuff and they called a, a, what appeared to be a disqualification in Hell wait what wait what yeah people weren't happy yeah. That doesn't make no sense. I think the idea was it was supposed to be a match, like the referee stopped the match because they they thought maybe that um, Wyatt was dead. <laughs> right? There was wow. Him. And then they brought a stretcher out and then he uh, he got up and gave um, Rollins the mandible claw and then he, a load of blood capsules came out of his mouth. Of course they did. And Jeez. The whole crowd was shouting, restart the match. But uh, they didn't do that. Uh, Wyatt just started laughing and walked off. Um, and, all right. Um, then they booed. Uh, the crowd were chanting AEW. Uh, the crowd oh, were wow. chanting refund. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Wow. AEW, not... that's hilarious. That's a good one. It was not <laughs> that's great. terrible. I've got to say, it was, it was probably not a high point for WWE. Um, maybe, they're, maybe they'll learn from this because that's... Bad. Allegedly, that's a screwy finish that hasn't happened in some time. Reportedly, this was uh, this played out exactly as Vince McMahon had foreseen it, uh, and uh, the AEW chance apparently he was just backstage laughing. Well, so he's doing it on purpose because he finds it funny. No, I think he, which, I think he just sounds like this. He's just like, nah, oh, yeah. I'm over it. <laughs> Do you know what? I kind of respect that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of, I, I kind of respect the fact that he's that he's an old man and he's just like, this is how I wanted to do it. Played out exactly how I thought it would. Oh, they didn't like it. Fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have, a, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, yo, hey, he didn't get this far doing, uh, you know, making, you know, listening to to the fans. I guess he's always kind of shot from the hip. So it's, it's problematic, and it, it was pretty terrible. It, it, like, I don't think it's as terrible as a lot of other people seem. To, like, I saw somebody on Twitter who said that WWE should be ashamed of themselves. It was a bit like this. This is the reason why you're, you're a little bit too invested in this. <laughs> If this is the thing that makes WWE ashamed of themselves, then yeah. then they're... I mean, they're not ashamed of the steroid trial, of the Jimmy Snooker stuff, of any of the various scandals, the sexual harassment, the you know, like uh, the XFL, the XFL, none, none of that. Not ashamed of any of that. Um, you know, um, that's all fine. But a DQ in a hell of a cell, oh, good lord. I think this guy has not seen the big boss man Hell in the Cell with the dogs. <laughs> yeah, <it's true. laughs> they it's should be ashamed of themselves. Because the <laughs> no, there were no dogs exactly. having a shit. Exactly, yeah. We, there, there has been worse, my friend. So, yeah. I mean, in a, in, out of a sort of perverse uh, enjoyment, I quite enjoyed it because I knew it was going to be terrible. Um, <laughs> like, I rewatched it and I, I actually thought it was quite funny. Um, but that's not really the desired reaction. So that's kind of the problem. 
I'm not going to lie, that's, that's the kind of joy I, I get these days as well, so it being terrible, <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> roundabout way sounds kind of good. Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't go out of your way to watch it, but unless you, you want to watch it, oh, because you want to have a laugh. Nope, I will not. <laughs> it's just the referee, that, it's not you, it's not what you're doing. <laughs> oh jeez, I hate when they do that stuff. Like, I, I oh, the, yeah, I, sometimes that kind of... Yeah, and they've got like the 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 I don't know, like the hyperbolic or have like you know the super mic that you can hear yeah. everything they say in the ring. I do not like it. I do not like it at all. It's too much. It's too much, and it's, yeah. it, it, it's getting away from the kind of the things I enjoy. But equally, look, they booked themselves into a corner, but with with a situation. And the simple answer was, don't book that match if you don't have a way of doing a conclusive finish. I get that. This isn't the time. Just don't do. It. Yeah, it was a bad idea, and then they went through with it and went, shit, we've got to find a way to sort out this, to keep Rollins champion, but also not to have Wyatt lose. Ah, what do we do? Alright, what do we do with The Undertaker in the early 90s? Uh, Screwy finish, and then he'd lose, but he didn't, he wasn't beaten. It's fine. And I think that's what (laughs) they were going for, but it's not, it's not the early 90s. It's it's just not like this. You can't do that now. Just do one of those things with the... Yeah, exactly. Just do one of those things where the match doesn't end or someone kidnaps Seth Rollins, I don't know, and dumps him in the river or some shit. They had a perfect out. They had a perfect out they could have used. Um, They could have gone with The Undertaker. Well, he comes out and tombstones everybody, gives a high five. uh, Wyatt took out Kane only a few weeks ago. Ah. So you had this... I I heard John Pollock talking about this on on the uh, post-review, and he's, he's spot on. Like, you really could have just had... The Undertaker come out at the end, and then you get your non-finish, but you get yourself out of it in a way that people aren't going to be disappointed with. Like, True, but then you then you use more Undertaker there. Yeah, but then like you can build because I imagine the Undertaker is going to be on that Saudi Arabia show. You do Undertaker oh, yeah. versus Wyatt on that show. Yeah, true. And that's like a WrestleMania level match, considering the current gimmicks and the rest of it. And you, you're yeah, you're off to the races. But they chose not to do that. They went with something else that was infinitely more dumb. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's going to be one of those pure wrestle crap things. And when we do the year end awards, that's probably going to be one that people are. It's uh, in there. Yeah, yeah. But the less said about that, the better. Um, right, we should probably get out of here. I think because uh, we've, we've rambled for long enough. Um, but um, yeah, uh, obviously you can check out uh, this and our other podcasts at SoundCloud.com slash WrestleCube. Uh, you can get us on Twitter at WrestleCube, on Facebook at uh, Facebook.com slash WrestleCube. We do have an Instagram account, but we haven't quite got that up and running properly just yet. Nope, there's nothing on it, but it's there, so it subscribe. Is there. You can follow us, but, it, but, but <laughs> yeah. there's, there's nothing there. Um, I might see if I can find, I think I've got uh, some uh, WWE, well, WWF pogs from the mid-90s. I might take some photos of those and put them on there. That's a good thing. I might take pictures of WWE or WWF video games that yeah, I have played. Put them on there so you can look at them with your eyes. Yeah, <laughs> you can yeah. use your mind grapes uh, to make yeah. your eye grapes get uh, get a look at some some cool shit. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, I've been Tom Imner, and I have been Daniel Akinbola. Oh yeah. Uh, and as always uh, it's a bye from us and um, yeah um, don't be a square be a wrestle cube peace